But anyway,
Amen. Well done. Well done. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to please to the book of Second Corinthians. Goodness, it gets quiet when those kids leave, doesn't it? You know, couldn't help but notice when the youth was on this morning as well. So, some of us often say kids are a bother or kids are some sort of burden, but let me tell you, when they're gone, we miss them, don't we? Let that be something for us to remember. Let it be something for us to treasure and to hold on to. Pastoring three churches now. My ministry. I've run across three different mindsets for children. First, church ever baptized had a mindset of kids are to be seen, not to be heard. Second, church when I baptized had a mindset of please send kids. <laughs> and the third church that baptized here about Snazzy is let's treasure our kids and let's protect them from the evil one. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to the page of Second Corinthians chapter four. We're going to take a look. A message today called Earthen Vessels. Earthen Vessels. Shall we go to the Lord in prayer? Our Father, Lord in heaven, we come to you in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I just pray right now that each and every one of us will open our hearts. Each and every one of us open our ears to hear the Lord God. I just pray that you speak to us today. I pray that there be anyone that needs to come to know your personal Lord and Savior, and anyone who needs to make a decision to be a part of what you're doing here by Sandy to save you right here. I pray, Lord God, for those that are struggling hard in sin. You know, they might be Christians, Lord. They've given in to sin. I just pray today, Lord God, that even they may hear you, Lord God, and in turn experience the delivering power of Jesus Christ. I also pray, Father God, for you here today that are hurting in other ways, Lord God. Save you today, Lord, because open their hearts, Lord, to know you are the provider, you are the protector, you are the guider, you are the leader, and they Earthen vessels. That was the message. Look at the complete of Second Corinthians chapter four. Read with me verses seven to fourteen. The Bible says, "But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down." not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us with you. So, what comes to mind when you think of earthen vessels? I don't know about you, but this is probably what most of us Christians have in mind earthen vessels of treasure inside. We have these earthen vessels with treasure. 
about you, but uh, as a kid, I think I had an earthen vessel for treasure inside. He said, Pastor, what'd you have? A piggy bank, amen. I had a piggy bank inside with about 14 cents. Back in those days, a penny could get you something. You know, nowadays, people walk right by pennies. I'm still one of those weird guys, though. You know, if I'm walking down the road or walking in Walmart and there's a penny on the ground, I would still stop and pick it up. And I would go through the self-checkout just to spend that penny to justify it. Like so, that's right. There was a reason for me to find that penny. So one more penny left in my bank account. Oh, my goodness. We do. We have a treasure in our earthen vessels. And that's really what we're going to look at this morning. As we take a look at the question, treasure in earthen vessels. As we look at that, I want to examine these verses. And this morning, I want to look at what earthen vessels are and what the treasure inside them is. In fact, some of us have asked that question before. What does it mean to be an earthen vessel? What does it mean to have a treasure inside of it? In fact, if you were to ask that question to yourself, what is an earthen vessel? This is something you might come across. You might ask that to yourself before. I, I don't view myself as an earthen vessel. Well, the Apostle Paul says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. So what is he talking about? What does he mean to have earthen vessels? I have loved this verse since the first time I have ever come across it. Since the first time God saw fit to open my eyes to be able to read it. We've got a treasure in earthen vessels. And let me tell you, through the years, hundred different thoughts have crossed my mind with this verse means. Now, for the Bible scholars out there, and believe me, I've never had a plethora of them, something like this usually comes to mind. These earthen vessels. In fact, if you're a deep scholar, you probably know more what the Apostle Paul is referring to. He's referring to, like, the earthen vessels that the dead people were stored. They were a clay-made vessel that easily crumbled in your hand. They were so fragile, so frail, that the mere setting down of them would cause them to break. Too much weight on them would cause them to break. Too much pressure in your hand would cause them to break. And Paul refers to something called earthen vessels that save inside. I believe that that's exactly what Paul references. I believe he is mentioning something kind of like those earthen vessels we look at. We look at our modern day mind's eye. We like to think of something like we plant our, our plants in. We put our, our tomato plants in. It's earthen. It's orange. It's gray. It's baked. It's still fragile, but it's not quite as fragile as what I just described to you there. So you don't want to put a lot of weight on it. You don't want to stand on it. Can somebody say amen? It'll cut you on it. You don't want to squeeze it too hard. Your hand will break it. So I believe that's exactly what Paul is referencing. These earthen vessels. However, we should take note that these earthen vessels were extremely fragile. Like I said earlier, you could crack them by setting them down too hard or placing something inside them too hard. Remember, there's a treasure inside of them, so something gets put in them. And therefore, they broke often and what was inside them was still out. In fact, that's the secret that we need to learn this morning. That's the secret we need to put back to work in our lives. Understand something about Christianity. Christianity is made for us to pour our treasure out. It was never made for us to hoard it up. We were made to pour it out. We were made to share it. We were made to spill it. We were made to make the world aware of it. You know what, Christian? You've got a treasure inside 
of you. And it's waiting for you to pour out on this world. And let me tell you, the year 2024 is the year the world needs to hear and to see about the treasure inside of the church. Can I get an amen on that this morning? I get excited when I think about those earthen vessels. And I get excited at how that applies to us. How we take a look at these glass vessels, these earthen vessels made of clay. Sometimes they might be fired and become a little bit harder and a little more temperate. And sometimes they might have just been dried in the sun. And the drier they got, the more brittle they become. Oh, fragile isn't the word. Fragile. Frail. Weak. Start stacking them up. And when you get too many, the bottom one breaks. They're that fragile. Hey, Christian. Are you following where I'm going this morning? Perhaps you're online this morning. You say, I love this verse too, and I love learning about earthen vessels, and I love learning about treasure. Well, you know what? You're in the right place this morning. However, I want to encourage you to get up off the couch and get back in God's house. Be with God's people. Get involved in what God is doing. It is hard. Now, listen to me. It is hard to serve God in your living room. Somebody say amen. You've got to get into God's house doing what God is doing. Where God is. I don't mean wrong. God works everywhere. And God can work in your house. Well, certainly. And I believe that He'll work right now. And I believe you're listening this morning because God is working with you. But I also believe that we are not to neglect that fellowship with God's people. Now, come on. And be a part of what God is doing in His house. Now, we're talking about these vessels, though, these earthen vessels. We're talking about how frail they are. And we're talking about what's inside of them. And you've got a picture. You already saw it of these earthen vessels. You know how easy they are to break. Now, I've been planting a garden here lately. I will share with you a little bit of my personal life. Betsy and I have been planting a garden. It's been a lot of fun. But you know something else has been? A lot of work. Somebody say amen. So, it has been literally 20 years since I have dug a hole in the Texas ground. And this is the first time I put a shovel down more than just a foot or two in the ground. And I hit that Texas rock and I was like, oh yeah, I forgot. Let me tell you, man. We grow more rocks than we do anything else in Texas. I don't understand why people want to put them in their parking lot. Like, they grow in your yard for free. You know what I'm talking about that for just a second? Now, let me hit on something that's really been bothering me lately. You know, this week we had an interesting national happening and occurrence. I know you guys have been watching the news. I know you guys have been watching the presidential primaries. I know you guys are concerned with what's happening in Israel, what's happening in Ukraine. You've got your nose right where it needs to be watching what's happening in the world. Why? Because we're Bible believers. Why? Because we're prophecy lovers. Why? Because we want to see what God's doing. Because we want to get involved in what God's doing, right? That's why we do these things. But somewhere down the line, we missed out on something. And it just hit us right between the eyes on Thursday. Those of you that have AT&T, you know what I'm talking about. You woke up in the morning, you're like, hey, my phone's not working. Hey, I can't text and I can't talk. I can't do this anymore. And she said, Pastor, what are you getting at this morning? Now, it's not prophetic. I'm not getting into something in the Bible. What I'm trying to tell you is sometimes we get too busy looking at other people we forget about what's happening with us. Here's my point, though. As AT&T customers woke up that morning and realized that they were dissatisfied with their service. I woke up with a big smile on my face. You say, why, Pastor? You don't have AT&T? No, because to me it made perfect sense. You say, wait a minute, what are you talking about it made perfect sense? Did you know, or did you not know, but did you know that the Dallas Cowboys Stadium was named the AT&T Stadium? And just like Billy, quit knocking, amen? I laughed till tears came. 
I thought, man, it makes perfect sense. You got perfect service. You got the best thing your money can buy. And out of nowhere, it quits working just like my beloved cowboy. Yeah, man. I smiled and laughed. I thought, I am not putting that out. Somebody will unfriend me today. So if you're watching online and you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, let me tell you, I'm not sorry. I love those Cowboys. I do. I love them with all my heart. But man, they let me down over and over and over and over and over again. Over again. <laughs> now, there we go. Back to our earthen vessels picture here. Now, we've got earthen vessels. And inside that earthen vessel, there is treasure. And that treasure is something we need to pour out on the world. I think we can all begin to see the picture Paul is painting. It's fragile. It's weak. You can stack them up too much and they break. You know something? Churches aren't supposed to get very big. Did you know that? Sometimes we like to think of churches having five, six, seven thousand people. That is not what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be smaller, opening up new congregations, opening up new missions, reaching more people. We're not supposed to sit in one place. We're supposed to go all over the world and make a disciple. That's right. That's what happens when you how to build things on earthen vessels and breaks. We need to take note, though, that's what I've seen before. I believe that's exactly what Paul's referencing. Those earthen vessels. We need to take note that those earthen vessels are fragile. You can crack them by sitting down too hard. You can crack them by putting something in them too hard. Therefore, they often broke, and what was inside them will spill out. And that's exactly what Paul is wanting us to see as he gives us this picture here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We have these earthen vessels with treasure inside them. You see, these earthen vessels are fragile vessels. And they carry precious treasure. Vessels that are easily broken but cannot be repaired. Now, I want to remind you of all time, they did not have crazy glue. They did not have super glue or gorilla glue. They had nothing but make a new vessel. These vessels were easily broken. When one was broken, there was despair. Oh, man. I had that. My mom had that. That's grandma's fine china. Incidentally, you come to my house and drink out of my fine china. You're drinking out of a raisin candy cup. My brother-in-law came over about two years ago. And we gave him a drink. He said, can I get a drink? We gave him a drink. I remember that. We brought him a drink of tea. And he drinks sweet tea. But anyway, we gave him some sweet tea. It was in a raisin cut one of those little kids' cups. And Bob he's like, you want me to throw this away when I'm done with it? I'm like, no, put that in the sink, buddy. It's fine china in my house. There are vessels that are easily broken but cannot be repaired. They can be crushed into dust by the pressure of a human hand. You can even take those garden pots if you're strong enough to smash one with your face. Yeah, it'll cut you up. Don't do it. Don't do this at home, kids. Not without the supervision of your adult, right? Here's the deal, though. Earthen vessels with treasure inside of them, and they are fragile. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, says the Apostle Paul. Well, what earthen vessels do we have them in our name? We start thinking theologically. Maybe he means, like the Dead Sea Scrolls, we've got these vessels with the Word of God inside of us. And I think that's absolutely right. Perhaps you might say, well, with these earthen vessels and inside, we've got the Spirit of God. And I think that's absolutely right. In fact, you might be saying, what earthen vessel, Pastor Joshua? How come everyone has an earthen vessel but me? Where's my earthen vessel? You might be saying that right now. I want you to know that you have an earthen vessel as well. 
What are the earthen vessels? Well, the Bible tells us what those earthen vessels are. The Apostle Paul doesn't mind hinting at those earthen vessels. Look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Now let's get a picture of these earthen vessels and what they are. And perhaps you can start following the Apostle Paul's logic and his theologies. He says, we've got treasure in these earthen vessels. Look at me in verse 7 of Genesis chapter 2. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living soul. So you're already getting the picture of what that earthen vessel is. Well, guess what? It's you. It's me. It's me. It's you. You know, I often preach a sermon when I get to meet young married people and I preach it to them when I do wedding and marriage conferences. I have a lot of fun with that. And I like to talk about young men, how we were formed out of the ground, how the Lord God took His hand down in the dust and made us and formed us and breathed into our nostrils the breath of life and we become a living, breathing being. And I remind mankind that God reached into our side and took a bone out of us and something was missing and He created what we were missing with something He took from us and brought it back to us and said, Now you are complete. You know what He took from us. He took a rib. He took a bone. And I often remind men, I often remind husbands to be, Hey, without your bone, you're nothing but a pile of dirt, pal. In other words, you're a dirt bag without your bone. Somebody say amen. You know, ladies, don't think it's just funny now because... You are the bone. And let me tell you, without your dead bag, you're just a bonehead. True. Together, we make one. Can I get an amen on that? We get the picture of these earthen vessels. And perhaps you're online saying, I need to know this earthen vessel. You are the earthen vessel. We are the earthen vessel. And the Bible says there's treasure inside of us. That means you've got treasure inside of you. And while I'm at it, let me go ahead and get on this. All the time now we hear in modern Christianity the basis of self-esteem. And we try to tell people all the time how they should love themselves, how they should care for themselves. I want you to know the basis of Christian self-esteem is not how good you are, but how good God is. The treasure inside of us, you're probably already starting to figure out, is what God puts in us. And if you don't have His Son, you don't have any treasure. And that's why you have a self-esteem problem. You know what? You get in the public school system and they try to tell you, oh, you were formed out uh, billions of years ago. You're a mistake. And just happen to get, oh, but you're a good mistake, so feel good about yourself. Here's the point. Here it is. And they spend the rest of the time trying to tell you, you have a reason to be here, even though you were mistakenly made. The Bible gives us a reason why we're here, gives us a purpose why we're here, gives us a reason to keep on keeping up, and on top of that, lets us know that we are loved, and that's why we have self-esteem. The Bible tells us God formed us out of the dirt. God breathed into our nostrils the breath of life. We are those earthen vessels. Let's move on to Genesis 3 now. Can we take a look at the next picture of us being earthen vessels? Look at verse 19. In the sweat of your face, this is after Adam's sin, after Eve's sin. And they bring upon themselves divine retribution. Look at me in verse 19. In the sweat of your face, Adam, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. You are that earthen vessel. Fragile. Too much weight and it breaks. Too much pressure and it breaks. Put something in it too hard and it breaks. Set it down too hard and it breaks. Human body can be very fragile. 
Let's take a look again at a couple more verses of that. Look at Genesis 18:27. Then Abraham answered. This is Abraham talking to God about Sodom and Gomorrah. And said, Indeed, now I, who am I, that dust and ashes have taken upon myself to speak to the Lord? He is reminding God, I'm nothing but dirt bag. I'm nothing but ashes and dust. I'm just an earthen vessel. Look at me in Job 30:19. As Job is speaking here, he's cast me into the mire, and I've become like dust and ashes. So we are those earthen vessels. I think we can all agree the Apostle Paul's picture as he gives us there, this earthen vessel's weak, broken, fragile, and inside of us there, there is a treasure. And I want you to know, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you do not have the treasure. So if we are those earthen vessels, then what is that treasure? Well, the treasure is the Holy Spirit inside of you. Who could be in Romans 8 verse 9? But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not his. So let me say that again. If you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't have the treasure. And therefore, that's why you don't feel good about yourself. That's why you don't have self-esteem. That's why you're running around saying, somebody give me a purpose. Somebody give me a reason. If you're not Jesus Christ, you've got a purpose and you've got a reason. What is your purpose? The worship of God. What is your reason? To seek and save those that are lost. Somebody say amen. That's right. You've got a reason. You've got a purpose. You've got a wife. You've got a family. You've got a house. You've got everything a human needs in God's family. You've even got a father named God the Father. However, if you're not a Christian, then you're not here. Let me read again Romans 8, verse 9. That you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not here. So if you don't have Jesus, you're not a Christian. And you might be saying, Pastor, what makes a Christian? I said, a prayer, that doesn't make you a Christian. What makes a Christian is somebody who comes into a relationship with God the Father through Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son. That would make a Christian. You have got to put your faith, your trust, your belief into Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. You've got to believe that He died for you. You've got to believe that He was resurrected for you on the third day. You've got to believe that He was ascended up into heaven and now intercedes for you. And you've got to believe that He's the Son of God. If you are not a Christian, then you are not here. And you don't have that treasure in you. And that's the problem you have in your life. And I don't have any purpose. You know what? If I didn't have... God the Father loving me, if I didn't have God the Son directing me, if I didn't have God the Spirit convicting me, I'd have no purpose in my life at all. That's pretty simple, though. If you have Jesus, you have treasure inside of you. If you don't, you don't belong to God. It's cut, and it's dry, and it's simple. There's no debate that needs to be put in that. If you're a Christian, then you've got Jesus. And incidentally, coming to church does not make you a Christian. No more than going into a garage makes you a car. Amen? When God's Spirit lives in us, we have treasure. When God's Spirit lives in you, you have treasure. And so I want to talk a little bit about what that treasure looks like. Now, as I told you before, when I was a young kid, I had a piggy bank and I had about 14 pennies in there. And that was a treasure to me. What does a Christian's treasure look like? You know, that's been the ultimate question. That's the whole basis of this message. This morning, we took a look into being earthen vessels. You have this treasure inside of you. What is that treasure? And oftentimes, we'll just go ahead and end it saying, well, the treasure is your relationship with God. Amen, it is. 
I think there's so much more we can grow in. I think there's so much more we can put to work in our lives. I'd love for you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And let's read verse 13. And let's take a look at three things that are inside of every Christian. And I believe it's a picture of the treasure that's inside of every believer. Some of you say, Pastor, we're in the love chapter again. Hello? If you ain't got love, you ain't got God. Amen? Look at me in verse 13. Now abide faith, hope, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So we've got three things inside of every Christian that we're supposed to have. We're supposed to treasure them. We're supposed to let them spill out of us. We're supposed to allow them to pour out onto the world. Faith, hope, and love. And so let's take a look at that treasure now inside of us. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, or perhaps you're online, ask yourself this morning, am I somebody who has these treasures in them? If you don't have these treasures in you, then you need to reevaluate your relationship with Jesus Christ. Number one, are you ready now? Let's take a look at this. The Bible says they remain of these three faith. So let's take a look at faith first. This is one of the greatest treasures a believer has faith. And if you were in Sunday school this morning, we talked about maturing our faith. We talked about learning that faith, real faith, grows up. Real faith gets mature. Real faith must be tested. Real faith, like a rubber band, has got to be stretched before it becomes useful. Come on, say amen. Faith in a believer is something that goes hand in hand with him. It's inseparable. Faith. It's like a Baptist preacher and his Bible. They are hand in hand. They should never be apart. Faith. This is one of the greatest treasures a believer has. Let's talk a little bit about what faith is. The Bible tells us what faith is in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. It tells us faith is the substance. Help me out now. Things unseen, the substance of things hoped for. Right? You know what faith is biblically. It is something that we can't quite, we define this morning in Sunday school, as you can't quite put your finger on it. Because if you could catch it, then you'd see it. And if you could see it, it wouldn't be faith anymore. Because the Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And so we've learned something. Faith, that you might pursue it. Faith, you might chase it. You're never going to be able to put your finger on it. It's like mercury in your hand. If you can catch it, then it's not quite what you thought it was. Maybe it's not faith that you can hold on to. Faith is something you hear about. Faith is something you speak about. Faith is something you hope for. Faith is something you believe in. Faith is something you know is going to happen. But it's not something you see. Look at me in Ephesians 2, verse 8. This was again looking at our travel is faith that every Christian is supposed to have here. And if you've got that treasure inside of you, this is where your treasure started at. Look at me in Ephesians 2. And for by grace you have been saved through faith. And that's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So your journey with Jesus begins with faith. That means you've got to believe what I just brought out to you. That He is the Son of God. And by believing, you might have life in His name. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And you might be sitting there in the pew this morning saying, Pastor, I just don't believe that. I just can't handle that. Well, let me tell you, your faith then doesn't exist. And because your faith doesn't exist, you don't have a relationship with God and have no treasure inside of you. The Bible says you've been saved through, by faith, through, excuse me, by grace, through faith. And so your relationship begins with that first step of faith. Faith, something you treasure, 
something you should hold on to and something you should allow to pour out of you as a Christian to everybody around you. You are an earthen vessel with treasure inside of you. Hey, Christian, when's the last time you've let your faith pour out on your co-workers? When's the last time you've let your faith pour out on your friends, on your family? Can I ask you a question? When you leave the church house, does your faith get smaller and smaller and smaller? Does your faith get more and more subdued? Do you cluck it? Do you hide it? Do you put it aside? Does your Bible get thrown in the back seat of your car and you drive off saying, I won't need that again until next Sunday? My Bible says, you've been saved by grace through faith. You've got to have faith to begin that relationship with God. And faith is one of the treasures that is inside of a Christian. Look at me again in Matthew 19, 26. Jesus looked at them and said, To them with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. We're looking at faith as a treasure. So I want you to think about this here for a second. This is a man who came up and said, What must I do to be saved? He's a rich man. He's a person who has in their eyes all of God's blessings, all of the reasons to be accepted by God, yet Jesus tells them, You need to put your trust in God. Amen. That's a beautiful song over there. Jesus looked at him and said, Them with men, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Faith. Faith is how we start that. And faith is how we finish it. And faith is our treasure that we pour out on the world. Can I ask you a question? Have you let your faith pour out? Have you let your faith move out amongst your family, amongst your friends? Remember, if you're an earthen vessel and the world is supposed to be able to see what's inside of you, the first thing they should see is your faith. Do you have faith in Jesus? Do you have faith in God? Do you have faith in God's Spirit? Do you have faith in God's mission? What is God's mission? To seek and save that which is lost. Do you have faith that He's coming back again? Do you have faith that He's anointed you? Do you have faith that He's leading you? Do you have faith that He's guiding you? Do you have faith that He's providing for you? Do you have faith that He's going to protect you? Let me tell you, Christian, if you've got faith, you've got treasure. Let's look at the second one inside of you now. We were looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We saw that every Christian has faith in them. Well, you know what else a Christian has to have? Hope. Hope. What is the difference between faith and hope? Now, many people ask that all the time. Hope. A little bit different than faith. Faith is believing in that which I cannot see. Hope is longing for it. Hope is longing for it. And let me tell you, Christian, we've got hope. If you've got treasure inside of you, you've got hope. Let me explain to you quickly now. As a Christian, what makes us so fruitful, what makes us so powerful in the world, is because we've got a hope the world doesn't have. Look at me in Titus 2, verses 13 to 14. The Bible says, Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify from himself his own special people, zealous for good works. We're looking for the blessed hope. What is that hope? That Jesus Christ is returning soon. Somebody say amen. That is our hope. He's coming back. He's coming back soon. And not only is he coming back, coming soon, he's taking me with him. That's the hope. Do you remember what the Scripture says? For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which remain our life will be caught up to heaven with Him to remain forever. That's our hope. Amen. We have to comfort one another with those words. 
Christian, are you down? Hallelujah. Have hope. Jesus Christ is coming back. Hey, Christian, are you broken earth? Have hope. He's coming soon. Are you looking at the world today saying, oh my goodness, it's going down here. Abortion's everywhere. Homosexuality's everywhere. Drug abuse is everywhere. Craziness is everywhere. Craziness. We got hope in a hopeless world. And it's a treasure, isn't it? We've got hope. We can hope in God. Hope that He's going to return tonight. Hope that He's going to return this morning. Hope that He will take us before service is over. Why? Because He said it. We believe it. And that settles it. Hope. We've got it. You want to see another one about hope? Look at me in Romans 8, 24 and 25. The Bible says, For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We've got hope that we're waiting for. What's our hope? That Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And I know if you're anything like me, you've been praying and praying and praying, and your prayers have changed. No longer is it God bless me. No longer is it God provide for me. No longer is it God protect me. It's Jesus. Let thy will be done and thy kingdom be here on this earth. You are hoping. Hoping and hoping. And your hope causes you, like Romans 8 tells us, to endure. You can take anything because He's coming back. You can make it through anything because He's coming back. As a Christian, we can endure anything because He's coming back. Amen? Some of you might be saying, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't take it. I don't want to take it. I don't want to be a part of it. If you've got treasure inside of you, you can endure anything. Look at me again in verse 24. We were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hopeful. Why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We can make it through anything because we hope. Hope. I like to translate hope as grit. That's right. Get excited sometimes when I start doing grit. Oh, please get excited. I love it. <laughs> Some of you are like, I don't really like it that much. And I like to translate hope and grit. Have inside of you endurance. Have inside of you endurance. Let me give you some explanation of what hope and grit are. Now, some of you know me quite well. Four years now I've been your pastor. Four years we've been through some sick and some thin situations. We've been through some tough and crying situations. And I want you to know something. If anything you've learned about me, you've learned this. Pastor Joshua drinks unsweet tea. You bring me sweet tea, I'm going to throw it out. I'm going to say, I'm going to wait for you to leave. I'm going to say, thank you, but I'm going to pour it right down the drain. I can't do it. I can't do it. But what can you learn about tea? You don't know how strong the tea is. You put it in hot water. Come on, say amen. Christian, you want to know how strong your hope is? Put it in some hot water. Put it in some hot water. You're going to find out how strong your faith is, how strong your hope is. You're going to find out whether it grows up to be something you treasure or whether it grows up to be something you're going to pour down the sea. We hope for what we do not see. We eagerly wait for it with perseverance. We've got hope. We also got grit. What is grit? Grit is to do it. The best way to define grit, and you know I grew up watching television, so I'm going to give you a television reference. How many of you grew up watching John Wayne like me? 
That's right, true grit. How do you know what grit is then? Grit is, I will stay no matter what happens. No matter how mean you are to me, I ain't going nowhere. That's grit. People with grit don't get up and move. They don't quit. They don't stop. They've got grit in them. And Christian, if you've got hope in you, you've got grit in you. And the world can't move you. Not for love, not for money, not for temptations, not for trials, not for persecution, not for anything this world has to offer because you've got blessed hope inside of you. And it's a treasure the world needs to see. we got hope in us. We got treasure in our earthen vessels. Oh, they're fragile. Oh, they're broken. Oh, they're weak. I know. But we've got faith in us. We have faith in Jesus Christ. We got faith in God the Father. We got faith in God the Holy Spirit. You know what I'm saying? We got faith in we got faith in the Word of God. Somebody say Amen. You know God's Word is infallible. Somebody say Amen again. You know God's Word is inerrant. Somebody say Amen again. You know, God's Word is inerrant, it's infallible, and it's 100% inspired. Amen. Don't let the world tell you that the Bible contradicts itself. Don't let the world tell you the Bible is irrelevant. Don't let the world tell you it's not keeping up with time. Let me tell you what the Christian's faith is that we don't change the God, God's Word to fit our situations. We change our situations to fit God's Word. You know what Bible stands for? Basic instructions before leaving ours. Amen. You have faith in that. And you've got hope in you. And that hope is grit. And that grit makes you strong. Understand something. Understand something. When the going gets tough, well, we learned about it through our old saying, the tough get going. Amen. Well, Christians, let me tell you, we don't get going. We get gritty. Gritty means we stay, we endure, we persevere, we can take it because we have hope. You know what else we have? Love. We have faith, hope, and love. That's the treasure inside of us. Love. Look at me at John 13, 34, 35. Love. A new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus speaking. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I love you. That you also love one another. How did Jesus love us? I don't know about you, but I think that speaks for itself. He went to the cross for us. Christian, did you love your brother like that? Comes like only to his face, but behind his back, no. Look at verse 35. But all this will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. You know what? You've got a treasure inside of you, and the world knows you've got a treasure in you. They're going to find out that you're faithful. They're going to find out that you're hopeful. They're going to find out that you are loved in. In fact, 1 John 4 8 tells us, He does not love, does not know God, but God is love. Have you forgotten that? Can you love the unlovable? Do you love the unlovable? Some of us can't even love our own family. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And incidentally, we put that treasure in you. Treasure that the world can see. Faith. Oh, and look, can the world see your faith? Does your faith make itself evident? Does your faith make itself manifest in the world today? Somebody once sent me a, uh, uh, an email and they said, Hey, Pastor, you got a reference for being a Christian. 
there to be enough evidence to convict you. I brought them back and said, I hope they would have already convicted me on faith before they got here. Faith! Faith! What we're supposed to have. Hope! Hope is what we're supposed to have. Love. Love is what we're supposed to have. He does not love as I know God. But God is love. How have you got this treasure in earthly vessels? And look at how God made our earthly vessels. You saw them. God took a handful of dirt and put together a man, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. We learned about how man is born from the dirt. And let me tell you, that is literal. That is not some sort of evolution. God made us from the earth, and God breathed into us the breath of life, and He did it in six days, not six million years. We didn't evolve from anything. He made us. Amen. Look at me in Second Corinthians chapter four, verse seven to fourteen again. Look at these earthly vessels. We have this treasure in earthly vessels, but the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Understand, our bodies are frail. They're broken. They're weak. But let me tell you, when you got treasure inside, you something changes us. Remember how bad your clothes are? You can squeeze them in your hands and break them. You can set them down too hard and crack them. You can put something in them too hard and break them. This is what Paul says when he got that treasure inside of you. Look at me in verse 8. We are hard pressed. Can you press an earthen vessel too hard? A Christian gets pressed hard. And you are going to endure because you got faith in you. You're going to endure because you got hope in you. You're going to endure because you got love in you. Here's what Paul says. We are hard pressed on every side. I know we're just earth and vessels, and there's no reason why we should still be standing. But because we got this treasure in us, we got this faith in God Almighty, we got this hope in the return of Jesus Christ, we got a love that comes from God the Father, and there's nothing this world can do to hurt us, to stop us. In fact, the gates of hell will never prevail against this church, because we are His earth and vessels filled with treasure, and we're hard pressed on every side. Yet not crushed, says the Apostle Paul. Don't be crushed. But not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Because we've got treasure inside of us. Look at me in verse 10. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Your faith that the life of Jesus also be manifested in our body. Your hope. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. Your love. The life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So that death is working in us, but life in you. Because we have the same spirit of faith, according to that which is written, I believe and therefore I speak. My faith, my hope, my love. We also believe and therefore speak. Look at me in verse 14. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and will present us. Have faith in Jesus this morning. Do you really to come? Put it in your heart. Pastor, hey, Pastor, I need to have that relationship with Jesus. It bothered me when he said, if I don't have a relationship with him, I'm not a Christian. Come and make that right this morning. Pastor, say, Pastor Joshua, I'm looking for a church to be a part of. Would you come and be a part of our family this morning? Pastor, say, Pastor Joshua, I am a Christian. I am a member of this church, but I have stepped on of God's path and God's way. And I want to come back into faith. And I want to come back into hope. And I want to come back into love because I'm being crushed. I'm being perplexed. I'm being broken. And I need to get back to where I can endure because of faith, hope, and love. Pastor, say, Pastor, 
God's calling me to something else. I need to be baptized. Whatever it is. We're going to give you an opportunity to come this morning. If you've spoken to me this morning, would you surrender yourself? Would you humble yourself? Let's pray together. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Know how we thank you for your word. And know how we thank you for this day. And ask you to take charge even now. If there be anyone that needs to come to know you. Anyone that needs to get their heart right with you. Or anyone, Lord God, needs to surrender to your will in any way. Because that today be that day. And we give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you come as we sing? There is a fountain. Would you come this morning? Faith, hope, and love. Come on. Would you come this morning? Y'all have enjoyed your time of worship here with us around Sandy Baptist Church. Don't forget what's happening this evening tonight. Special call visit me. Talk about it then. It's only. Don't forget we'll have a Wednesday night Bible study at 6 30. Don't forget our normal activities happening the men's and women's Bible study. And uh, why that in the Bible study again on this Monday? Well, I want to introduce you to somebody that you probably already know. Come on up and say something. y'all know Ashley. She's been coming to visit us for a long time. I thought she was going to be a permanent visitor. You know what I mean? 
She came this morning and she says, God's calling me to be a member of Love Family Baptist. Yes, she is. A born-again Christian. She's been baptized and she says she wants to unite with us by faith. Y'all going to support her, pray for her, and love her in that decision. Did you say amen? Can you oppose to that? <laughs> Welcome you to Rock Family. God bless you. And let you finish up the paperwork there this morning. So let's close in that word of prayer. And uh, I want to remind you guys, pray for us. Pray for us to get ready to go on a mission trip in July. Pray for you to stay returning even now as we speak. And be impressed with what God would have to do over the next couple of months. An amazing opportunity. Here? Oh, fine. We do have something to do. Go ahead. CB said he found whatever you lost. <laughs> he said the bad news is you can't go to the lost and found and get it back. <laughs> let's uh, let's praise God for that. Okay, and let's uh, close in that word of prayer. And I'm seeing we've got our brother Bud Hatter. Would you close it?